Podcast episode 89 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. Deberon James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports Thank you to all the thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out here busting their ass battling this COVID still. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X, B-I-A-S, P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot MyShopify dot com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me. I've got hoodies on there. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I've got COVID masks and I've got stickers with much, much, much more to come. And again, as I said, for the one million for the first time. Uh, I'm an independent potter from the BXNY, and supporting the merchandise is just one of the best ways to help keep the podcast going the way that it does. I don't have any sponsorships or any deals as of yet, so all the support I can receive on the merchandise would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated toward the health of the show and keeping the show on schedule and just me able to do all the things that I would like to do with the show, so... 
Um, this merchandise is just very vital to the life of the show. And I sincerely, sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on the site and purchased some merchandise from me. I truly appreciate it. And I encourage you guys, man, if you like the show and you like listening and you think I'm entertaining in some way, go on the site and hook a brother up, hook yourself up and hook me up with some merch. And I will really, really appreciate it. And again, I sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on and supported the merchandise from me. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood, I'm in a tremendous mood, and I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by one of my favorite rappers, definitely out here today. And it is called The Pulitzer by Rick Ross off of the album Richer Than I Ever Been. And you guys who have been listening for a long time. You guys know I love some Rick Ross. He is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite dudes out here right now. Every time you listen to his stuff, it makes you just want to get money. It makes you want to get fly. It just gives you that. It's great music to like work out to or like, you know, just when you're working really hard, you put on some Rick Ross and it's like, you know, put get you in mode. It's one of those artists. Like I think Lil Baby's like that too. Like when you listen to them, it just make you want to like, do better it just make you want to work hard you know so i'm a big fan of rick ross i love his music every album that comes out i make sure to listen to it i'm a really big fan and this was a great song if you guys haven't heard richer than i ever been it's his latest album i recommend listening to it i thought it was pretty good he always puts out good content very consistent since he came out um if you guys haven't heard it i suggest you listen to it and to it was just a great song to start the show with today i i just needed that that juice you know i just needed a little bit of that energy so i said you know who i'm gonna play rick ross because he always give that to me so shout out to rick ross shout out to mia florida and keep doing your damn thing rick because you the man and i love listening to you and it was just was a great way to start the show for today shout out to the god rick ross now it is time for my favorite 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 Favorite, favorite, favorite segment of the podcast, and it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is the Bronx Arts Factory provides unique and engaging experiences to advance arts and cultural education in the Bronx. This factory endeavors to become a preeminent art institution in the Bronx committed to supporting local artists, art projects and is focused on making art accessible to communities in the Bronx. This center also uses art to address social and economic inequalities in the borough. For more information on this center and the founders, you can visit them at their website, bronxartsfactory.org. And that is your Bronx fact for episode number 89. <laughs> 
Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, all right. We're getting right to it today. We have a very, 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 very special guest. It's only special guests that appear here on the Bronx Bias Podcast. Today, we have special guest Von T, who is an artist and actor, the CEO of Symbiotic Music and a social justice advocate. Von, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today. How are you? Um, doing pretty good, you know, given the circumstances of the situations that's going on in this country and what I'm personally going through. Uh, it can be worse. I can't complain, but it can be better. So that's what I'm after, you know what I'm saying, trying to make it better. But for right now, I am blessed to have Aaron Malone to be here on the Drums Bias podcast with you today. So, you know. That's right. That's right. You got the right mindset. It's always going to be difficult. It's always something to do, but you just got to do it. We're here for that reason. We got to get things done. Thanks. All right. So, Vaughn, can you tell the people where are some of the places that you can be reached if they want to get in contact you, with you or to see all of the work and the things that you're doing out here? Right. And... And trust me when I say there's a lot of them uh, right now, like I, I've tried to utilize this system called Linktree. A lot of people might be familiar with Linktree. Mm -hmm. Linktree is on all of my social media platforms that have accesses to everything that is on there. All the links to all of my social media. Linktree is where you're going to find my EPK at. My EPK has its long website, but you can find my EPK there. Uh, you can find me on YouTube by just typing in my name, Bond-T. Don't forget the dash, but even if you do, just put the space and I pop up there. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kovu1278, K-O-V-U-1278. It's the same thing on Instagram, K-O-V-U-1278. Or for people who want who don't want to remember that, all you got to do is type T-D-O-V, T-D-O space V, and I pop up. You'll see the guy with the big hair. You know, that's me. I got like the whole Florida thing going on in my in my. Uh, you know, saying in my photo that's there. As far as like where they can find me musically, like if you want to check out my album, you want to check out some of the music that I got out there, you want to kind of test the waters with Vonti's music. I'm on every platform that there is out there. I know I stream pretty good on Spotify. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Deezer. I'm on Pandora. Got my own Pandora station, my own iHeart station. And when I tell you my Pandora station is popping, it's popping. You type in Vonti station radio. Monty Radio, everybody, everybody, everybody's on that station. Everybody that you could think of that you want to listen to is in rotation uh, on my Pandora station. I'm on Apple. You can find me on Facebook as well, Monty Official, on Monty's uh, music page that's out there. I also have a discrimination group that I have built that's got about 11,000 followers in it right now um, that people are kind of joining and sharing their story of racial discrimination within that group. Um, and then, yeah, uh, also, you know, you know, that kind of leads to the petition, which is also uh, that I have in my EPK as well. Uh, just reached over 100 signatures yesterday. Uh, so I appreciate everybody who signed it. I absolutely still need more. Trying to get 100,000 of those to get, I can get this petition in paper format and send it up to Congress. Uh, like I said, I got over 100. If they're interested in signing the petition, I need everybody's help. And that is in my link tree as well. The bios in my link tree. Shout out to uh, USTourDuty.org, nonprofit organization that kind of helped me put this together so we can try to get this get this situation out in front of the American people. Actually, you know what I want to do with you, Vaughn? We know I know that we had an order previously, but I would like for you to talk about that more because that's very that's very important in my opinion. I think that's something that people need to know a lot about. So I know that you used to be former active military. 
but you did run into some problems with pursuing your career. So could you tell the audience about some of the injustices that you did face while trying to face your career? I mean, try to tackle your career, try to advance in your career while also being active duty military. Um, well, I am a music artist. I'm an artist and uh, I've been making music since 2018. You know, I champion our culture. I champion the culture of our people where we come from. The most creative people in the, in the universe, in my opinion. Uh, you know, but I've, I've also had the skills to be able to tap into these different genres and I love doing it. Uh, so I'm not biased when it comes to music. Uh, however, you know, when I was when I'm because I'm currently still in the military, I'm, I'm actually just now wrapping up some stuff with the military today so I can separate ties retiring. But while I was active duty, active duty, like actually going to work and doing the job on my off time, on my old free time, not in, not infringing on anybody else's rights, not promoting on posts, not promoting or having soldiers in my music videos, not not involving anybody else, not making any money, you know, on my own free time and my own will, you know, on my own weekends going out and doing music and shooting music videos. It was not a problem. I dropped two tracks before I ran into any problems with the military. The army already knew that I was making music. I dropped two tracks and I heard nothing. Then when I ended up dropping my single called Turn Off the Lights and I came out with a music video and it hit world star hip hop, got over a million views. Then all of a sudden they wanted to start trying to bully me to take my music video off the Internet and told me it was un-American and told me that my music uh, was unbecoming conduct of a military officer and told me my music was unpatriotic and started to deny me medical benefits. They made it difficult for me to seek medical uh, you know, my medical benefits and medical treatment that I was trying to get for certain things. At that point, I saw there was a writing on the wall. You know, they're trying to build a packet and try to make me into something that I'm not. You know, before I got to Fort Gordon, Augusta, Georgia, my my military record was 100 percent clean. I never had an issue, never been written up about anything. I did my job and I took care of my soldiers really good. And I came home and on the weekends, not being married and not having kids, I've done my own business and did what I wanted to do. Sought after what I thought was the American dream, and I went after it. And then I got, you know, put, you know, in the spotlight on white America for doing what I love to do, champion my own culture on my weekend, and try to tell me that I'm unpatriotic. Uh, when that happened, they they decided to take me to military court for it because I decided I wasn't going to take my music down because I didn't see in my eyes me doing anything wrong. Um, my music wasn't political. It didn't uh, pinpoint any political figure, didn't talk about anything about America. It was simply club music. It was club music that you listen to on the weekends, that you turn up the same music that those people listen to when they get off work. Uh, so, you know, for you to sit here and tell me that my music is unpatriotic, but I can go overseas and I can potentially fight and die for my country, but I can't come back into this country and make music that champions where I come from, then this is the United States. I find something seriously wrong with that. Uh, and so I stood on my principles and I decided to fight them. And when they decided to charge me, literally give me a charge, like I'm like, you know, I'm some guy on the street that just robbed a bank. Uh, I decided to go to social media and went to, um, you know, uh, what we call a public affairs office and took that whole charge, that whole packet. And I released it to pretty much the world, you know, and news crews and everything. Uh, because I'm not going to let this happen to somebody else. If I can stop this from happening to anybody else, I'll do everything in my power and every breath that I have in my body to make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody. So uh, 
I literally put my life on the line uh, in the military and I, just, I continue to put my life on the line to make sure that this voice that I have gets heard. And that's probably why a lot of my fans have called me uh, the hope because I am I, I am the hope of change in this country. Uh, you know, I know they talk about, you know, little baby, the hero, and little Dirk, the voice. And, you know, now now you got the hope because I'm the hope that there's going to be change. And as long as I got blood in my veins, I'm going to make sure that I can do that. That's right. That's right, my brother. That is wow. I, you know, is I have a follow up to that. Is that something that happens a lot in the U.S. military that people just don't speak on? That they face discrimination, or that they faced, uh, you know, uh, unfair treatment for no other reason than that the military just saw what they were doing as unfit. Like, is that something that is a common occurrence? Well, I'll tell you, it, it is common, and it's common. Not because the organization as a whole is is a is a racist or biased organization. It's individuals who are in places of power who have their own bias that bestow their will and abuse power on people that they know that they can are people that they think that they can. At least they thought they could until they met me. Because this is what happens when an individual has a certain situation, kind of like mine, or we talk about Fort Hood, we talk about the Vanessa Gillums, we talk about the other individual soldiers who got caught up in prostitute rings in Fort Hood and soldiers who get mistreated sexually and just end up dying or something like that. These soldiers, a lot of these soldiers, either they don't have the rank or they don't have the life experience to know exactly how to choreograph what they're going through in a way that can get it heard. Or the soldier has been in so long that they have all of these obligations. They got family to look after, they got bills to pay, they got mortgages, they got all of this stuff that they're that they're financially tied to. They weigh the options in their head, you know, and literally they give up a piece of their own human rights to just kind of soak it up, suck it up, and I'll stop doing what I'm doing if this is gonna keep a paycheck in my pocket. The issue that they have with me is that I care about none of that. I don't care about any of that. Material stuff is great and I love it. I love having nice things. I love having nice cars. But at the end of the day, when I die, the only thing that I have is my name. And I want to make sure that that rings through the time. I want everybody to know that when when the shit hit the fan, like Bon T was the one that rode for us. I wasn't one of the ones that was macing people in the streets uh, when Donald Trump was in office. I wasn't one of the ones that was stopping you from, you know, enacting on your First Amendment rights. Like I don't care about this material stuff. And I don't care about, you know, any of these, any of these things that they was trying to hold over me to try to stop me from doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what I love to do and what I feel like is the American dream. I got no kids. I'm not married and I got nothing but time on my hands. That's right. That's right. And then the first amendment of the constitution is freedom of speech. So how is me pursuing a dream or making songs that are not politically charged and not attacking the government, even though I have the right to do that if I so choose, how is this now un-American? How is this uh, detrimental to what I'm doing in the military, right? I can go across the country and put a gun to somebody's head on the name of America, but I can't make music when I return to America. I don't understand that. So I really appreciate you bringing that attention to this issue bringing that to the forefront, being fearless in that and standing on your principles, because that is something that I can see as being a help to a lot of people. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people sometimes just need someone to do it first. They need someone to set the standard so then they can have the strength to do it themselves. And so I appreciate you doing that, Vaughn. 
I appreciate you standing up for yourself that way. And I really hope that this situation and matter can be resolved in the way that benefits you the most. Right. And, and for me, you know, it is in my, in my permanent record, you know, I have this charge that sticks in my permanent record. They tried to kick me out of the military and I ended up retiring, not getting kicked out. So I'm getting out honorably and I could stop doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I'm, I'm retiring. I'm good. But the only way that this is going to be fixed is change. I can't be bought off, you know, cause I, money is not a, it's not a thing to me. I'm not, I'm not, overly rich, but I'm not poor either. I got my life pretty much together where I want to do. And I love doing music for the love of music, not because I'm trying to become a millionaire. I want to be the next GOAT or anything like that out there. Uh, so, you know, the reason why I'm fighting for this right now and trying to push this petition up to Congress is because there are still little young Black men and women and other people of other cultures that are out there who have very close ties to where they come from that want to do something other than serve, you know, the United States and what they feel like they're fighting for their American rights. And really you're not, you're fighting for what is white America's perceived as your American rights. And once you decide to start crossing over and start doing stuff that champions your culture, I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else. So that is the only way that this is going to get fixed is I want to see some policy change. There's got to be some kind of movement that's going to happen to make sure that I ensure a safe space for at least individuals who are in the military to have a create, be, you know, say a safe space in their creative brain to make sure that they can do what they need to do to become a music artist, an actor or whatever, as long as they're not infringing on anybody else's rights. That's right. That's right. And I, I really appreciate you coming on here and telling us that and shedding light on it because it is an important matter. And I think that we're all better for now having this information available to us that this is how, the organization or the governmental organization, as I say, treats people who are, you know, actively giving up their time and service to serve the country. So I appreciate it, Vaughn. And I know that things are going to work out in your favor because you are clearly fighting for what you believe is right. And that's what we have been taught to do, right? When we learn all these things in school about the American Revolution and all these things, those people at that time were fighting for what they believe was right. And you deserve that same opportunity. So I'm right with you, Vaughn. And I appreciate you bringing that to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, try to, I try to tell people all the time, you know, now is the time. You know, if, if we, we talk about change and something happens and we march and we protest. But I tell people, I don't want you to do that when I'm dead. Don't do that when they knock me off. I need you to do it for me now and do it while I got lungs, while I still can't breathe. Um, that I still got air coming out of my lungs. I need you to fight for me now. If you wanna, if you wanna support me, I need you to sign that petition. I need you to do something that's gonna help not just not just this situation, but might also automatically directly help your son or your daughter who might be thinking about joining the military or already in that you know is an aspiring hip hop artist or an aspiring creative mind that might be getting silent somewhere that they're just not speaking up about it. This could be going on with a lot of individuals right now. And a lot of people aren't speaking on it uh, because they don't think that they can do anything. I just had a conversation with somebody the other day when I gave him the petition to sign. He said, I don't know anything about the military. I don't know what to do with this. I'm just a civilian. I'm just a guy. And I try to tell him, don't ever let somebody tell you that you're just a civilian and you're just a guy. Don't forget that the U.S. military is still ran by civilians. There are still civilians that oversee that department because that organization is in the place to make sure that your rights are protected. 
you're not just the civilian. You are the civilian. You're, you are the power. The people got the power to make the change. You just got to be able to, you know, saying step up to the plate and do what needs to be done when it's time to get the work done. Facts. Big facts. I'm with you on that, Vaughn. I'm with you. So, Vaughn, let's talk about your journey and your story and everything that has happened to help you become the person that you are today. So my first question for you in that regard is, what inspired you to start your career in music and art? What is What were the things that really impacted you growing up to make you want to express your voice through music and art in this way? Well, I always knew that there was a there was another part to me growing up. I always knew that I was a little different. I always I always knew that I was a I was a what they called a class clown and a fool in school. I was always the one trying to make people laugh or something like that. And and I always I chopped that up as me not being a bad kid anymore and say I was bad before, but I think it was just because uh, my calling was a little different. Uh, so even though that's something that I wanted to do, you know, as we all know, we all have dreams when we're kids and we have you know, show and tell our career day and people talk about what they want to be when they grow up and stuff like that. But then as life catches up to people, you know, bills catch up to people in real life. And then you you see somebody 10, 20 years down the line and they're working at Church's Chicken or they working at Popeye's or something like that. And you know, that's not what they wanted to do, but they ended up there because life hit them. Uh, for me, entertainment was something that I always was interested in. And even though I couldn't pursue it at the time, I knew I had to do a job to get me to that point. So I kind of put it on the back burner until I get my finances and life together and just kind of stay kind of closely tied to entertainment. Uh, I did um, played extras in movies. You know, I tried my hand in DJing, making beats, uh, tried playing saxophone. You know, I tried uh, tried acting and uh, tried a whole, whole scenario of things. And then, uh, you know, I like to write and I like to beatbox. And so music was what, what kind of driven me to do everything that I was doing. So, you know, after a while, after hanging out with so many different people and they saw my different skills, you know, I know how to write, I, I know how to perform and I, I know how to uh, make beats. So it was like, you know, why don't you, you know, throw your hat, throw your card in the hat and see if you're gonna make it. And I was just like, nah, everybody trying to be, everybody trying to rap, I ain't trying to do that. I was just, you know, and then after a while, you know, I started to see that it's very rare that there's an artist out there that comes with all of the skills to become an artist. They got, they can either write, but they can't perform, or they can perform, but they can't sing, or or they can make a beat, but they can't, they ain't got no bars. And I was like, okay, well, I actually do have all of these skills, so why not put my card in the hat and see what happens? And so as I started to progress forward, I was like, after I started to come towards the end of my military career around the 15-year mark, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and start pushing my stuff out there and see how people accept it see if it if it's if it's perceived good because I was intentionally trying to separate my military career from my music career just because I wanted people to accept me as an artist not an artist that formal was a soldier like so it was never my goal to try to connect these two together it just fate would have it it was it, it was different for me uh, but that's what kind of got me out there and for me growing up in the hood and seeing how dudes used to be slinging CDs at the gas stations and stuff I was under the assumption that it was going to take me a little time to get noticed so I was I was already anticipating that in my plan that it was going to take me a few years to get my name out there by the time my buzz kicks up I said okay right the time I get around 20 years in my buzz only picked up a little bit and then I can take off from there I didn't know that it was going to be literally 2018 and then 19 I was going to be on world star it was like oh shit like this is this is kind of crazy 
all right, well, I'm wrong with it. So <laughs> that's kind of where it happened. <laughs> so how does that, and how does that make you change it in a way? Like, so you have this thing in your mind where you say, okay, this might be a five year journey for me to work my way to the top. But now something happens and now you're sort of like overnight. Now you got that buzz you thought it was going to take five years. What changes in your mind when that happens to you? I, honestly, I didn't even I didn't even have time to really soak in the excitement of of ending up on on a platform as big as World Star because I, I promise you, you know, my video hit World Star and and less than a week later I was standing on some white you know white general's carpet about my video. So you know, one the single hit World Star when the video hit World Star, I started to get a massive influx of messages on my across my social media. And then I recall, I remember seeing them. One of them was a, was a white major, you know, one rank above me. You know, he commented, he sent me a message on Facebook and he was like, yo, Vaughn, I just saw your music video to turn off the lights. I love it. That's a dope video. And, you know, most people would look at that and be like, yeah, I got respect to him. Me automatically knowing the way my brain works, I looked at it and I was like, if he's seen it, everybody's seen it. And so I was like, all right. Let's see. I'm gonna see what's gonna happen with this. And sure enough, two days after that message, I was on. The, I was in the. I was in somebody's office. You know about my music video being on World Star. So I was like, here we go, because this is where the, this is where I draw the line. This is where I was gonna draw the line. I already knew that's where I was gonna draw the line. Mm, wow, what a what a roller coaster, right? Like you don't even expect nothing like that. You thinking this is gonna be the best moment of your life, and then. Boom. Now you get hit with another dose of reality. Well, you kind of touched on it though earlier. So let me ask you this question. What would you like to convey or what do you want your overall message to be with not only your music, but what you do outside of music? So you kind of touched on it. I, I could tell that you're a guy who stands up for what he believes in, who won't be uh, stifled or shut down by the powers that be. But in your own words, what do you want to convey? What do you want people to get from you every time they see something that you touch? I want them to, you know, when people think about me or they listen to my music or whatever the case, everything that I have tried to achieve or, 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 or have achieved, I want them to know, you know, the sky is the limit. I know that's a cliche statement. It, it, you know, people hear that all the time, but that is, that is really true. You have, a, you have a decision. You have decisions every day you wake up. You know, every day you open your eyes and you, you've been given that second day, you know, saying to make a change. And, and it's all about the small, it's all about the small movements. You know, people think about the big picture. It's all about your everyday decisions, what you do, you know, every day, you know, sky is the limit. You want to, when people see me and hear my music, I want them to know like nothing that I have has come overnight. Everything that I did took work to get it. Everything that I did took research, some of it free because it's on the internet. And we live in this technological age where you can get on the internet. And if you got a question about something, it's, it's as simple as looking it up and you can do the research yourself unlike me being an 80s baby back when i was younger you know if i wanted information i had to go to the library pull the index cards and find a book or wait for a computer to be free so i can get on there and hope that something's on there about it but now it's as easy as pulling out your smartphone but that's what i want them to know like everything that i'm doing everything that i do do you know i i do do it from the bottom of my heart and i do it with the with you know with a lot of research and work and try to make sure that i put forth my best my best foot forward and the best effort that I can put into anything that I release and anything that I'm involved in and do. That's right. That's right. I'm with that too, man. Cause uh, you know, when I started my show, I was like, I just want to make a show that I'm going to be proud of. Right. Everyone had an idea of 
well, you got to make this type of show because this is what people like and this is what people gravitate to and this is what's going to get you famous and all that. But it's like, well, I don't want to lose myself in that process trying to chase what other people want me to be or what other people think I should be. I want to just be myself and make a show that I'm super proud of. And no matter if it gets to the number one in iTunes or Spotify on podcasts, or if it's a little lower, it's still like I didn't sacrifice who I was to try to chase something or chase an image. And that's very important. You know, people get caught up in the social media age and people see people popping off doing all these different sorts of things. And they say, well, dang, I got to do that. I got to do that, too, because I, I want to be, you know, the one getting my star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame one day. And I think the key is, and that's why, you know, I love having you on is just, you got to stay true to you. You got to stay true to yourself. And all those things is going to work out. The people who are for it are going to come and they're going to gravitate to it. And it's much better, in my opinion, at least, to rise to the top, being a stand-up guy, being a straightforward guy and a guy who has strong morals and principles than selling out for that quick check or that quick, you know I'm saying, that quick exposure that may not even last. Right. Yep. I agree. I, I do agree. And I've seen so many people rise and fall because of it really quick. You know, they're so quick to, to get on social media and make themselves look foolish or sell out, you know, and then, and then expect somebody to, you know, feel sorry for them. And I don't. And I don't. Uh, Ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you because you made that choice. You know, you made it that, that, that decision. So how can people feel sorry for you? Um, but that's, that's the, I think a lot of people just fall into that. I want that quick, you know, like you said before, everything we do now is quick, right? Back in the day when you even wanted to get some information, it took you so much longer. So nowadays, 2022, people get, are used to getting things so fast that it's like, well, now when they comes to like their careers or even involving themselves in the entertainment business, they want that same instant quick result. And that's not how it works. It's way easier to mess up doing it that way than doing it the real way. Yeah. And then you get like, like for most people, you get one shot, you know, how you blow up and how you come out or how you get recognized and noticed, you're going to always be noticed and recognized for that. You know, you get that one shot, that first impression rule definitely applies in this field, in this entertainment field. And so even though like for my situation, it's unfortunate what I'm going through. It's unfortunate that I'm going through it because this is not something that I envision myself going through. Uh, it's almost like me going through this is what I was supposed to be doing, though, this you know, I, I don't I think about everybody that I know. There's nobody else that I know that would be built to handle the kind of stuff that I have gone through and still keep their sanity the way that I the way that I have. You know, even though I, you know, have PTSD, been deployed, fought for this country, been in Iraq, you know, saw people get killed, and blown up and all this stuff like that. Uh, here I am. I'm still I'm still one whole same person that's able to bear all of this stress that comes with everything that I do. And when I'm telling you, it's a lot of stress that I deal with, but this stuff going on here, it's a lot. It's, it's my, my psychiatrist even told me, you know, she said, you know, you deal with way more than um, the average person does as far as stress goes. And a lot of people would have already broken a long time ago. Uh, so I'm just grateful that I have the, the fortitude to be able to, to shoulder this kind of responsibility uh, that I that I that has been bestowed upon me. 
So how do you so how do you even deal with that though? Because I I you just like you said like you're dealing with an a, a not normal amount of stress and pressure. So what do you attribute to the reason why you're able to stay so sane, so singularly focused on your goal? Like how what do you think that comes from, or how did you develop this skill to be able to compartmentalize all these things that are going on that you you know that you're trying to deal with? I uh, I had no choice. To tell you the truth, I, I had to. Is either that or is either that or I was gonna, I was, I was gonna die, uh, because there is so much negative stuff that happens in my life. Like from there's so much bad stuff that has happened, but that the the difference between good and bad, you know, is is, is the energy. You know, the energy is still there. You know, whether it's a good event or a bad event, it's still it's still stress. You know, a good event that happens to you still. A good, a good kind of stress. A bad event is a bad kind of stress, but they're still powered by energy. I had too much bad stuff that was going on for me to not try to tap into that and make something positive out of that kind of energy. So what I had to, I had to tailor my body pretty much to become war, war focused in everything that happens now, you know, when it's a bad thing, I don't look at that as stress anymore. I look at that as a challenge and I'm going to turn that into a positive. And that's what I've been doing. That's how I was able, that's how I'm able to, you know, operate with such a calm and cool, collected demeanor because I, I go into situations now expecting the worst uh, because I've gone through this gauntlet so many times. I've gone through so many different battles with so many different people with this huge organization uh, that I'm at this point, I'm just like, you know, I'm diehard. I'm, I'm Terminator. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm, I'm, you know, the Expendables. I'm bring, I'm bringing. You know, at this point, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. It could be anything negative, but I can guarantee you, I'm finna turn into a positive. I get out there today and I wreck my car. You know, I'm not gonna even look at that as stress. I can turn that into a positive some kind of way. I just gotta find out where it's at. When did you um, learn to adopt that mentality to handle issues and problems that you face? Did you learn that? in the beginning of your service or was that something that you learned earlier in your childhood? I think that was something that I learned as I became a, a young man and an adult, because after I became an adult and I detached myself from where I came from and I was just kind of out there, um, me not being married and not having kids. And I realized that if I drop a ball, I got nobody else to rely on. You know, I, I got no, I got nothing. I lose everything. If I lose, I lose. And only I lose. And so that kind of fighter mentality kind of came because I can't afford to lose. I can't afford to lose because if I do, you know, I have no I have no safety net to fall on. I'm literally a one man army. So uh, now I have people in my corner now, but my mentality is already the the foundation for who I am is already laid. So yeah, I got people who are on my team now. I got people who I can call up and do certain things for me. But I can guarantee if the heat come my way, like, and I ain't got nobody, I can do it myself now because uh, I've been conditioned for that because I didn't have anybody. You know, after I decided I wanted success over failure and I, and I saw there was a lot of niggas that I was rolling with, a lot of guys that I was rolling with that didn't want the same thing, uh, I had to cut them off. And then I had to keep going my own direction. Right. That's right. Sometimes you got to do it that way. When I first started the show, right? The first thing you do when you start a show is like, all right, bet who gonna do the show with me? That was my first thought. I bet who gonna be on my show? Who's gonna be my host? We're gonna do it together. And I realized, like, damn, 
I really don't have nobody who's really interested in this in this podcast who wants to talk on a microphone for an hour or even longer. So I got to do this joint myself. Like I got to be strong enough and say I'm gonna do this myself. I'm smart enough to make it happen. And I got I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna make mistakes, but I'm gonna make more successes than I do mistakes. And that's very important because I've seen people who come and approach me about podcasts because I have a very open door. Like I feel like on social. If you got a question about podding, send me a message so I can help you out in any way. So right. people say like, oh, man, you know, I can't do what you do. I can't do a show by myself. And I'm saying, well, why would you think that? Like you have the ability to accomplish so much. You have the ability to do so much in this life. Don't limit and don't tell yourself that you can't do something. Because if everybody else in the world had that mentality, nothing will get accomplished. Right. You watch your favorite musicians on on you listen to your favorite musicians. If people in the was if they believed everybody who said that you can't be nothing, you would never hear some of your favorite songs. If you right. watch movies and stuff, some of your favorite actors, my name is Denzel, after Denzel Washington, literally. Right. If he listened to those people who told him that you will never make it, that you would never win Oscars and be in some of the best films, then we would never see training day or we would never see right. any of the other great things that he's done. So I think it's like the mentality that all people have to face, especially now dealing with this COVID, that you have the ability to not only succeed in what you do, but you have the ability to excel in what you do. And you just have to take that in and say, I'm going to be the one who decides my future. It's not going to be nobody else. It's going to be me. So it's good that you're hearing that because, you know, it's good that I'm hearing that from you because we do two separate things. Right. I do a pod. My job is to talk. You do music and you perform military and you in acting and you do a whole bunch of other things, but we both have that same mentality and that's what's going to get us over the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think like what I'm fighting after is, is so, so important because you never know who the next Michael Jackson is going to be. He could be a soldier right now. That's right. <clears throat> you will never know it if, if this uh, situation isn't addressed. It might help the next. It might next. Might help the next. You know, international superstar be born. Might not be me, but it might help somebody else who is though. It's true. It's very true. You never know what you do in this life and how that's going to impact others. That's a that's a fact. So, Vaughn, in your music career and in your entertainment career, what would you say were some of the more uh, difficult things to overcome in the beginning? Obviously, attention is probably the hardest thing. Getting people to care enough to give you a chance and listen to all the things that you do. But other than that, or even including that, what were some of the more difficult things that you had to overcome in the beginning when you first started? It's the vanguards. It's the vanguards and the scammers. Uh, <laughs> man, it's the vanguards and the scammers. There, there's, there are <laughs> systems. There are so many. You, I look at this industry like a, like a maze. Like there are so many different directions that lead to a dead end. Uh, and if you're not smart about it, if you don't just if you don't do your research, you know, you get caught up in something that is going absolutely nowhere. And there's a lot of those out there that make themselves look like they have so much going on and they can't help you worth nothing. They'll take your money and, and promise you you'll get something and you never get it. You'll never see it. So that that has been probably the most difficult portion getting started was was all of the legit looking platforms and, and uh, individual companies that are out there that claim that they can help you. And it's a gauntlet. You got to go through it. 
you, you can't skip by that that process. You can't skip by it. They're they're there. Uh, after you get past those, then you got to get past the people who want to turn you into a cartoon character and the people that want to, uh, you know, hey, bro, let me turn your portrait into a cartoon. And you got to get past the, yeah. hey, I can increase your YouTube <laughs> followers and your Spotify streams. And you got to get through all of those people. And they're like roaches yeah. and they're everywhere. They yeah. going to get you up every like 10 times a day and you got to get through those people too. So <laughs> that's some of the difficult stuff for me. Cause I get very irritated at that stuff as well. So <laughs> that, yeah, but like, I don't know how many people are here want to turn my face into a cartoon, man. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I never even thought of it. Like giving it that much thought, like what the first one. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I fell for it too. I, I, I fell for it. So the first guy was a young black dude. Right. And I was like that. I'm gonna support my black bro. Like he out here, he got a dream. He wanna draw and stuff. I'm with you. He was like, "Yo, I'm gonna make you a little portrait. You can use it for promo. All I need is forty bucks." So I'm like, "All right, forty bucks for a young black man." Like I saw myself in that. Like, yo, he ambitious. I was like, "Bet I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna help you out, bro." Vaughn, let me tell you, the pictures came back. It looked like some stick figures off Microsoft Paint, yo. And I was like. You know what, bro? I don't even want the money back. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I don't even want the money back because it's my fault that I fell for that. Keep the bread. You know what I'm saying? Good luck to you in the future. But I'm good. I will not be using these pictures, yo. <laughs> that really happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I would tell you, like, most of the people who do that stuff, they just pull the app from something that they downloaded and drop the portrait in there and turn it to a cartoon and change the color and the hue and the saturation, and then they send it back to you. Yo, man. So, I don't know if you uh, follow, uh, what's the account? NBA Paint. It's this guy who draws basketball players in the style of Microsoft Paint. So they look like stick figures. That is exactly how he had me looking. There's a picture of me I took of me in front of, you know, the backdrop. And I was like, bet, use this one. It looked crazy, yo. I was like, and I was like, you know what? I can't even be mad. Like, I can't even be mad at it. Like, he was a yeah. random dude from the internet. He charged yep. me $40. He got me. Yeah. <laughs> and Sometimes they usually you try to got. cash Yeah. Usually want, usually want cash out because you, it's harder to get the money back as opposed to uh, uh, an actual transaction on PayPal. And they already know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> he got me good, yo. He got me, yo. <laughs> yeah, I've been through the gauntlet of the scam, so I know exactly how it works and I know how it runs. And like I said, that's the most challenge. That's probably the most challenging part of, of of first getting out of here and 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 you know getting involved in this in this stuff is 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 the, is the scams and the pit hole pitfalls. But they they are there. Yeah, straight up, straight up. So, Vaughn, my next question for you is. What advice would you give to a young person who came out and told you that they wanted to start their own business, their own creation, or their own movement? For me, I always say, you know, you got to really look yourself in the mirror and ask, is this something that you really want to do? Like for a podcast, for example, are you willing to do a podcast once a week, twice a week, maybe even more, and nobody listens to it? Are you willing to Put your name out there and try to get interviews, try to get guests, and everybody turns you down. Are you willing to do all of the work that it takes to achieve your dream? If you are, you're already there. But that's something that you really got to ask yourself. Are you trying to ride a wave or is this something that you really want for yourself? So that's what I always say to people. I always ask them that question first. And based off what they tell me is, you know, we'll progress further. So for you, 
what is some advice that you would have for a young person who said, yo, man, I want to do my own thing. What would be some things that you told them or that you tell them? Well, as, as, a, as, a, as, this, as the owner of my own music label, I get approached with this quite often. And what I used to tell people was, you know, do your research, make sure that you find out everything that you can find out before you get out there. But then that's, I got tired of saying that. So what I started to tell people now, when people tell me that I took it back to school, show me your work. You know, I tell them, show me your work. Okay. You say, this is what you want. Most people, when you out there, when I meet them and I talk to them and they say they want to do this and that, and you know, when people are out there networking, they be giving you the cards, Hey, check me out on this platform. And you put the card in your wallet or you never look them up. You never listen to their stuff. You know, it's just, it's just an exchange of information that you guys are doing that you guys are never. But what I do is I'll actually look it up right while we're sitting there talking. But if somebody's telling me that they really want to get out there, then you need to show me your work. If I'm, if you're telling me this is what you want to do, and I ask you, okay, so what you, what do you have out right now? Oh, I ain't got nothing out right now. And it, well, where can I find you on social media? Let me see, let me see what singles you got out there that you're moving. Oh, I ain't got nothing going on right now. I'm just working right now. Then they ain't really serious about it. We really ain't got nothing to talk about. If you don't have some work to show me that this is what you want, then this ain't what you really want. So right now I'm at the point where now I'm not getting, I'm not telling people to do their research at this point in my career. I'm at, if somebody is coming to me and they are telling me that this is what they want to do, then I need to see some work. And that's what I would, that's the advice that I would give them. Put your work in, like make, just like you just said, you gotta be, you gotta be able to get out there and accept the fact that you go put some stuff out there that may not get no plays and may not get no views or no streams or no likes, no love. But you you got the work out there. You know, you've been you've been pushing it out there. You've been doing what you got to do. That shows me that you really do want it. Right. right. That's the advice that I would give them. Just do show, show the work, put the work in, you know, do the research, obviously, but put the work in to do what you need to do to make sure that that happens. You know, what I'm saying to show somebody if they ever are serious about, you know, trying to give you that opportunity that you got something to show. Them. So, right. That's right. That's right. Um, where do you see uh, your your label going in the future? Where do you see the future of symbiotic music going? Do you see it like as a a place where young creatives come in and hone their skills and then go other places? Or do you see it as a place where you want everyone to come up together, sort of like maybe like um, QC music or something like that? Like, how do you envision your label? Um, what, what do you envision your label's imprint to be in the space? Well, because I named the name of the music label that I've named my, named itself, it kind of it kind of speaks into what it's all about. You know, symbiotic music. When you think of uh, of the Venom character from Marvel Comics, mm -hmm. you think about the symbiote that was on the actual character. You know, people who follow the comic books know that that symbiote was on that character, but that symbiote has also been on a lot of other characters that are on mm -hmm. there. And my label was called Symbiotic Music because I don't stick to one genre. I take my symbiote and I put it on other genres, but I don't make it to where, you know, okay, that's the rapper Von T on an EDM track or that's the rapper Von T on a trance track. Like, no, I'm taking it and it's a trance track or it's an EDM track or it's an 80s retro track or a rock and roll track. You'll literally hear like my music. You can hear my music on three or four different radio stations and not even realize you're listening to the same person kind of music. So for my label, I want to try to introduce that to artists who kind of have the same mindset as me and thinking that music has no boundaries 
uh, not genre specific. And if they want to be with the label, be with the label. But if you feel like your time with the label is over and it's time for you to trans, you know, transgress over to something else, then I would hope my label would be the platform to be able to do that for somebody else. For you can be creative in your own mindset and be able to launch yourself out there and, and be another symbiote out there in the world and 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 achieve the goal of connecting music worldwide, which is my goal. Where did that um, approach to making music come from? The the ability to adapt yourself and make every different type of song or be involved with every different type of genre? I just think I was different. I think I was just born different. I was born on a different side of the sun or something. Uh, I, I knew that, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, what 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 they try to used to shame me back in the day, back, back in the hood. You know, you like listen to that white people music. Like, I don't look at music with color like that, though. And that's why I was so confused when I went through this whole situation with the army. Um, my me listening to music is just something I just like music. I don't see color when I listen to music. I just like a song and I want to listen to it, whether it's rock and roll or it's pop, you know, country, hip hop, trap, classical scores, instrumentals music soundtracks i mean jazz you know folklore like i i just love music so i think uh for me i used to try to keep that secret back when i was younger i was like you know i like music but i'm you know when i'm hanging out with y'all we put on some rap nowadays you know back when i started doing this i don't care you jump in my car ain't no telling what's gonna come on you know i have some drum and bass or, or some edm you know, it might listen to some dubstep. Ain't no telling what's going to come. Over. It's a grab bag of music. And so uh, I just started to, I embraced my musical, you, you know, uh, gift that I have to not only like to listen to it, but actually have the skill to actually make it too. And I just kind of explored that. So that's great. That's, and that's the, I have that same approach with my show. Like I want to have the ability to talk to all different kinds of people. That really excites me. Like the ability to one day I could talk to you, Vonti, you're a, a multi-talented artist, musician. The next day I want to talk to somebody who does Forex trading. The next day I want to talk to somebody who does tarot cards. The next day I want to talk to somebody who writes poetry. Like that is exciting to me because it even enriches you because you, you learn a little something from every single person that you talk to because they have had their own individual life experiences. And so that makes you a better person, in my opinion. So it's very important for people to understand that, like, diversity is great. They say variety is the spice of life. Like, that's a fact. You got to have as many different types of people around you to make you a more well-rounded person. So I'm right with you on that. Yeah, I mean, um, and I feel like I've been like that ever since I was in the military, which is, you know, striving towards that next level and always trying to learn new stuff, you know, and that's that's the reason why I made it to the rank that I was anyway. Uh, Cause I swear, I promise, I feel like I done lived like three lives already. Like I've, I've lived like a regular civilian life before military and I've lived the military life. And already since 2018, I've already, I've already done so much in a short time frame with the entertainment industry. It's crazy. Just last year alone, I hit 13 States on tour. Uh, and you know, the feedback for a new song that's dropping next month, maybe you know, in the music video that we're going to shoot next month. And then uh, right off the cuffs of that with management dropping a compilation and then going right into an EP. Oh, by the way, you know, 
getting geared up to work and be on a reality TV show and a and in a TV series that is on episode two. So it's just like, you know, what we said earlier today, like, you know, the sky is the limit, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, if, as long as you want to do it and you put that research and that work in there, it, it's, it's there. It's out there. You know, don't let nobody tell you can't do it. Facts. You can do it. <laughs> so Big facts. Right, right, right. So, um, Vaughn, piggybacking off of that, uh, off of that answer, how, in your opinion, do you think that we can leave a path for the future generation of creators? In my opinion, it's just like you gotta, you really gotta. In my opinion, you gotta make time for them. You know, sometimes if you see people who are putting the work in, like you said, you gotta show me your work. You see that they they doing the work. They just need a little direction. You gotta make a little bit of time and show them everything that you've learned. In my beginning. Because I didn't have people who were ever interested in podcasting or ever knew about podcasting. I had to find a lot of help on my own. And what I was doing was I was just going on Instagram and typing in hashtag podcaster. And all the people with pictures that came up, I would send them a message. Hey, my name is Denzel. I have a podcast. I just, um, could you, if you have a little time, could you tell me a few things that you did in, in, the, in the beginning stages of your show? And they was like, hella love. They showed me hella love. Mad love told me, yo, you need this, you need that, you need that. And I saw like, damn, I really took a lot from that. I really was impacted by that. So I always want to try to do that myself. So for you, Vaughn, how would you say is a great way to leave a path for the future generation? Um, I would say that, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of a, a lot of Martin Luther Kings out here anymore. Um, we don't have a lot of activists and people who are, um, you know, progressively moving our people forward anymore. But I feel like there's enough people who have platforms, even individuals such as yourself, you know, black, you know, black podcasters, black business owners, all of that is black power. All of that is black power. You know, you are empowering people to, you know, show that there's something outside of just working for the man. You know, you're out there trying to make it, you know, you got a voice, you got a platform. If we have more individuals, in my opinion, to kind of try to help our youth as far as getting into that next level, using the, like loving one another again, you know, and, and not always looking at everybody as the op. You know, I feel like we will, as a, as a, as a culture, you know, we are going to get, we, we, would, we would definitely be setting our youth up for success. If they can see that unity within us, you know, as, as older black men and women coming together and it's not always on some, you know, some caddy, bitchy type stuff or some some art type stuff or seeing you know every other day you turn on and you see another nigga killing another nigga on the news or something like that i think if the youth could see that in us because we have we don't have a lot of mlks but we got a lot of mlk lights out here right. that are that are doing stuff and doing really good things but they're just not we're not we're not working with each other when a lot of us are not connecting with each other we just out trying to get it how we live and uh, that's that's not that's not how it should be at all. So I got you. I got you. And that's true. And that's true. Like I've I get more like I don't know what the word is like. I just get more more. I don't know. Strength just on the fact that I know that I'm really working and doing this for myself and I'm trying to uplift not only me, Denzel, I'm trying to uplift the Bronx, too. That's where I'm from. I'm trying to showcase all the good things about the Bronx, because in my opinion, the Bronx has a very negative uh, um, general opinion about it. You know, people think that it's only like drug addicts and alcoholics and gangbangers and, you know, terrible people who live here. And I'm 
one of the biggest points of my show is to showcase all the great things that come from here, all the amazing people that come from here. And so it's like, it makes me feel really good and empowered that, you know, I have a show that has, you know, right now 89 episodes and I'm showcasing my intellect, my humor. I'm speaking to all different kinds of people. And it's just like, yeah. it makes me feel really good about it because I, c- I understand that life, you may not have this opportunity, you know, before I started doing this, I was working in insurance and insurance. You can't showcase none of your originality, none of your personality, none of that. You just dare to do a job and go home and then come back the next day and do your job and go home. So for this, this route is a very much more difficult route. It's a lot of times where you stressed out, you got a lot of work to do, but it really is like really empowering and like, it makes you feel good just to know that you really busting your ass for something that you want and that you really passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it because it, you know, pretty much is, is, you know, people don't really think about the movie, the matrix a lot, but that mm-hmm. shit is like really real. You know, like when yes. you talk about that insurance job, when I think about my job in the military, that's plugged into the matrix. Yep. You know, that's, that's plugged into this, Go to work, come home, take a shower, eat, go to sleep, go to work, come home, take a shower, go to sleep, wake up like that's you plugged in. But when you become unplugged and you start trying to get after your own stuff, you've unplugged yourself from that matrix. And it's harder. It is harder. I'm not going to lie. I wish it is. It is harder, but it's so much more rewarding, you know, to know that you're out here making an impact and you're making a difference off of what you love to do. And you're actually inspiring and helping other people become free and do the same thing, setting them free, literally. Straight up. Straight up. And that's what we want. That's, that's why I love bringing on people who getting it on their own, doing their own thing, because it just shows young people, you know, like, damn it, I could do that. Like, yo, I got the whole world on my phone. I can do this. Like, this is not like the early 90s where you had to really <laughs> be in the street stand on a corner and give people out your music or a podcast wouldn't even be possible to do like we in a time where you really could take your life into your own hands and that's something that a lot of people should try and do yeah i agree absolutely big facts is really important And, and i think that when we blaze these trails even though we may not get to the top people behind us could go farther than we did people behind us people behind them go even farther just off the inroads that, you know, people made, you know, at one point or the other, right? You know, Whitney Houston was Whitney Houston, but now we got people who could sing just like her and dance, you know, like, so you need those people to start and then the next generation go even further, right? If you follow sports, right? Um, Football, you see these guys, the traditional guys stay in the pocket and they stay there. Now the new guys could run around, they could throw the ball, they could jump. They like mm-hmm. just taking the game further, but it's only right. due to what the people behind them did first. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and and even outside of my military situation, that's why um, I, I'm going to become a real threat and problem in music because uh, I can tap into any genre. I'm not tied to anything that makes me very dangerous in the music industry because I don't have any specific genre or tie and I have no limits to who I will collab with or what I'll do. And the fact that I'm, I'm actually doing it and it's, it's being received well shows that it was time for somebody to, 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 to take music to this next level anyway. So I'm, 
in in my rights, I'm I'm kind of you know kind of honored to have that responsibility placed upon my shoulders as well. So, right, that's great, man. That's great. And my last, so my last of my quote unquote serious questions, my job interview questions, is where do you see yourself in the next two years, three years, or where do you see yourself in the future going along with this music? Where where do you see Von T? You know, in the next couple of years, grinding, working hard with this music. Well, I already know this year alone, like we're dropping two singles that we're pushing a very big campaign behind that's going to have, it's, it's definitely going to chart. Uh, it's definitely going to chart. That's the reason why I was kind of testing it out with, uh, you know, my little mini tour. Uh, and then I'll, you know, I'll be going to Atlanta and performing it as well Friday, this Friday. But uh, two singles I was automatically going to chart. I've already been throwing a lot of interesting numbers and a lot of interesting people have been coming to me and kind of talking to me about some stuff. Um, I haven't decided whether or not I wanted to stay independent or sign to anybody yet, uh, just because I kind of like the freedom of my creativity right now and being able to do what I'm doing. And I feel like, uh, if I just hold out a little bit, a little bit while longer, my label itself might get seriously funded and some attention to, to kind of do what I want to do with it, as opposed to like, you know, signing up under somebody else. But there, nonetheless, there are some very big opportunities that are coming. You know, everything is taking off in the right direction. So in the next two years, you know, I do see this petition being signed and some some real footwork going on in Congress. Um, acting is taking off. There's a lot of stuff that I'm working in on that front as well. Uh, not to mention the uh, Somewhere in New York, there's uh, something I'm supposed to be involved in called Zombie with a Shotgun. I'm going to follow up with them in April, so I may be in New York in, uh, in April, uh, testing that out, uh, seeing what's going on with that. And then with the music alone, you know, uh, all my singles have been moving on their own, and there's a lot of big collaborations that I got that are coming up th uh, in this year and the next year. So, ooh. I think the next two years is going to be filled with, I think a lot of people are going to start seeing that helmet that I wear a lot more. They're going to start seeing them a lot more. So, <laughs> And that shit is exciting, right? That shit is like, yo, like, mm, we out here. Like, we we doing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It feel good. <laughs> when I got, when I started to do shows and I go places like Florida and and the promoter is calling me and telling me that they got people driving from different parts of Florida to come see me perform. When I first heard that for the first time, I was like, okay, like, this is real then. Like, this is real. Okay, they got people that are calling him and asking him, are you sure Von T's going to be there tonight? He's like, yeah, Von T's on the ticket. He's on the card. He's going to be there. I'm like, okay. My buzz is, is, is a real buzz. It's not like me trying to, trying to make it. No, I made it. Now I just got to keep pushing it now. So it's like, okay, we got it. That's Weird. right. That's right. <laughs> I like that, man. I, and that's good, man. That just shows you the power of, you know, stick, staying with it, you know, perseverance and all that. And, and you get to the point where you see you had that dream. You saw yourself there and now you're there because of all the work you put in. So, hey, man, keep it, keep it going, man. Keep it, keep it going. <laughs> so moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And Vaughn, one thing I do every show is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. 
It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. And it's a great way to sort of break up the show instead of just me and you talking about, you know, sort of serious topics and things like that. It's a good fun way, a good fun element to introduce to the show. So what I would like is for you to answer some of the questions from the listeners and give them a little more information about what makes Von T. Von T. So my first question for you from the listeners is, what is something that you really wanted as a child that is completely played out right now? Uh, something that I wanted as a child that's completely played out right now uh, would probably be the Sega Saturn. Like, I, would, <laughs> I really wanted a Sega Saturn, and I still do because that was one of the systems I never had. I never played it. Never turned it on. Don't know what it's about. Uh, only seen it in the images. We didn't have enough money to get it. Uh, and I just never seen it. You know, uh, the only Sega system that I had was Sega, Sega Genesis and then the Sega Dreamcast. I never I never got a chance to play that Sega Saturn. And I, I know nobody cares nothing about the Sega Saturn <laughs> at all. But I still want one because I never turned it on. I never seen it. So. I still want a Sega Saturn. You get one one day. The good thing about being an adult now, Vaughn, is that you can go out and buy all the things that you wanted as a kid. Like for me, like one thing I wanted was really big in New York when I was a kid was a name belt. Where you get your name on the belt buckle. Oh, yeah. So everybody had one, right? I wanted one so bad. I asked my mom, please take me to the mall and get me one. Please. My name is Denzel. Like this is going to be fire. Right? She was like, no. Right? So I remember I was like 18. Right? had a little summer job. The first thing I went out and bought was a name belt and I never wore it just because I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. I went out and bought it and I never wore it. So that's the good thing about being an adult, Vaughn. You could go out, you could find you a retro game shop and you could buy it. You know, the only thing is that I feel like if I was to buy it, I wouldn't even know what to do with it because I don't don't (laughs) even got time to play the game systems that are hot right now. I got all the new systems in here. And I don't turn them on from. I don't even turn them on. So I was like, you know, it would just collect dust, and I would just say I got one, and it would just be a conversation piece that nobody cares about because, like you said, nobody's thinking about no Sega Saturn no more. So it's like, why waste it? And I was like, ah, I'm but I still think about it sometimes. I still think about it. <laughs> well, if you get one, let me know. I want to know how that goes for you. You might have the time of your life. You never know. Might you never know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. My next question for you, Vaughn, from the listeners is, what horror story do you have from a job that you have previously had? What was something crazy that happened to you at one of your old jobs? So one of the things, one of the craziest things that happened to me at my old job was um, it was the military, you know, obviously. uh, But I would say one of the craziest things was we went on a mission one time that was in our uh, in Iraq uh, when I was deployed, and I was a uh, I think I was a E three. I was a private at that time. First time going out the wire. Go, first time going out the gate. Going on a mission, which was a night mission. I had night vision goggles on, and was supposed to follow the vehicle in front of me. Which the vehicle that's in front of you, they have blackout markers so you can see it. Your infrared is supposed to be able to pick it up so you guys can follow. Well, something happened with my night vision goggles where they didn't cut on. And so my very first mission outside of the base, 
I got lost outside in Iraq, driving around trying to find where I was supposed to be going for about a good 20 minutes before the person who was in the vehicle with me gave me their goggles and I was able to put them on and find out, you know, where our vehicles were because they were leaving my ass uh, out there in Iraq in the middle of nowhere in the dark. So that was a horror story. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was a horror story. So, you know. Wow, that's crazy, yo. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So what's going through your mind at that time, right? You put the you put the goggles on, right? Boom. And now they don't work. So now you're driving. What are you thinking? Like, what's on your mind at that time? It was like, we about to die. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, these, these boys out here, they already seen us. They see us out here driving in circles. In this big, loud military vehicle, uh-huh. I was back, you know, we're losing our sight of where these people are. It's dark. I can't see nothing. We can't turn the headlights on. And so, you know, we just, I'm like, we finna die. We finna die. My goggles was not working. And he was still trying to get his, but we were the last vehicle. So I'm just thinking, yeah, we're, we're out here just driving around. We, we're about to die. It's, wow. it's over. Wow. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> That's crazy. I might retire this question. I might not let nobody else answer this question because it don't get no worse than that. <laughs> it don't get no worse than that. Now, <laughs> being a private and your first ever mission, and then you can't see. Oh, I know that's a different type of fear. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Woo, that's yeah. I might I, this this might be the episode right here where I retire this question. Nobody else can answer this question because ain't nobody gonna top this. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna top this. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. You know, we ended up finding them. They were all pulled over on the side of the road waiting for us because we didn't know where we was at. So we was lost for about a good twenty minutes trying to find out where they was at. Just just driving around in the dark in Iraq. You know, just. <laughs> Driving around about a good 20, 20, 15 minutes just driving around. So 20, 15, 20 minutes of driving around trying to find out where where everybody was. So Damn, that's wild, yo. That's wild. Whew. Yeah, definitely. Nobody else. I'm never gonna answer this. I'm never gonna ask this question to nobody else ever again. Cause you know what mine is? I was 15 and I was working at Burger King, and I used to be the guy who just would have to clean up the tables and sweep the floor and take the trash out. And then um, one of the days they told me I had to cook the food. I had to go in the back and make the food, make the burgers and stuff. That's my horror story. Like, and then I, I'm thinking that, right? And then I said, okay, well, what's yours, Vaughn? Oh, yeah, you know, I was just in Iraq once in the middle of the night. And, you know, I couldn't see nothing. I was just driving around in circles, you know. It's just like, it don't even compare, yo. <laughs> Oh man, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. People don't know that. They don't yeah, know that. Bro, they don't know that. Man. Woo. Woo, that's wild, yo. That's wild. Yeah. All right. So, Vaughn, my next question for you from the listeners is What is a current trend that you just do not understand? Uh, I one of the current trends that I don't under, uh, don't understand is like the trend of like the 10 year challenge. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand that trend. I don't understand that because the only thing y'all doing is updating the Fed's database 
You know, they don't understand that's what y'all doing. They just need some updated photos of y'all because they want to make sure they want to see who all still survived this COVID situation. So when I see it, that was like, when I see people do that, the challenges like that, I was like, the FBI just looking at them, catalog. We, okay, <laughs> we got that person. Yep, we need, yep, we got that one. We got that one. Got it. They look like this. They look like this now. Y'all are updating your own, your own FBI profile. You don't even know it. So that's just Ooh. one that I didn't get. I can't even get involved in that one. Hey, you know well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that right now, because guess what Denzel will not be doing? <laughs> A 10-year challenge pick. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, my brother, for putting me on game because <laughs> I damn sure will not be doing that no more. <laughs> yeah, people don't people don't know. Like, you know, when people go watch the first 48, you go look at first 48, the first thing they go to is just social media. Social media, that's a fact. I wouldn't be surprised if I see a first 48 episode and they actually use the 10-year challenge. I'm like, well, here's a profile of him. That's what he was. He looks like this now, so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for him. You know, cut that photo and put it on the news, and that's who they're looking for. So, y'all just gave you're it right, me. yo, yo. Hey, I appreciate you, my brother. Not only for all the the, the stuff you telling us about your story, but the wisdom that you dropping. Because <laughs> I damn sure would have been like, yo, look at me from 2012, <laughs> 2022. <laughs> but <laughs> now that I know, I will not be doing that. <laughs> and they would have screenshotted it and put that in their profile book, and you would have been there just in case. Just in case we need to find you for something. Facts, facts, facts. And my last question for you, Vaughn, from the listeners today is, what songs, if any, can you say changed your life? Uh, I can't say there was a specific song, but I can say there was a specific group. Mm -hmm. Um, The group is called Shiny Toy Guns. Mm -hmm. If people don't know who they are, they're a rock and roll group. They absolutely changed the complete direction of what I thought music was. If you ever get a chance to go listen to any of their music, um, and then some, the, the way that their band was actually created, uh, if anybody was ever interested in doing that research, then you would definitely find out a little bit more about what makes my brain tick. Yep. Okay. And how old were you when you first heard them? Um, I would say that I had to been about 24, um, about 24, 25 years old, um, where I still had like the CDs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, after I after I dove into their music, um, it it changed me. It it changed the way that I viewed music just because it had so many elements of what I love about music inside the kind of music that they make. Um, and it just, it, it, it really just, it, it took whatever was going on in my brain that I thought music was and just kind of, it, it kind of formed it more for me. It kind of brought everything together for me. You know, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. When I heard them and their music outside of everything that I had going on, what I was doing, I knew that that's, that's the direction I should be going in is music. Like I knew it. Wow. That's awesome. Yo, that's great. And it's, it's so funny with other things that, you know, make you you, like the things that you get exposed to that like form you and shape you, right? So for me, right, I always loved listening to the radio. Like we would drive in the car. I would love, my mom would play all the radio in New York. So you have Funkmaster Flex on Hot 97. You had uh, Angie Martinez on Power 105.1. We had Wendy Williams. 
when she was still on WBLS. And I love just listening to these people talk shit on the radio. That was just like my favorite thing. And then how do you, the figures right now that I got my own podcast, which is internet radio, and I'm doing my own thing. So it's just like, you never know how you can be impacted by these things. And you just got to keep living life. I love it. I love it. Man, It's it's been a breath of fresh air, man, meeting another brother out here doing what they love to do because I don't see a lot of that often. You know, I don't see a lot of that often. And I don't hang around a lot of people who, who have a lot of uh, ambitions and dreams and goals, I think, because I'm in that transitional phase, phase from, from somebody who was a worker mm-hmm. to somebody who is on my own doing what I love to do. And I think I won't, I won't get a chance to meet more people like you until I get on the opposite side of this entertainment field where I start meeting other brothers who have done way more than I have, uh, where I'm just like in awe, you know what I'm saying? And meet somebody who's, who's doing what they love to do. So I appreciate Love the opportunity, man. Talk to you. Hey, man, I I appreciate it too, man. I appreciate everything that you have put out for us today, man. All the info about your your struggles in the military and trying to make you improve your life and trace your dreams and the ten year challenge info. That's very that's very useful information, yo. That's that's real useful information. Wikipedia be damned, yo. I I got some real good info today, so I really appreciate that too. Yeah, you're getting it from you're getting it from somebody who's in the field. People who don't know my my field of, of the military is military intelligence. I'm not just speaking all shooting from the hip. I'm telling y'all what you're doing out there. Keep doing it if you want to. It's just one of the trends that I can't get with, so I'm not gonna do it. They already know what I look like anyway. I've been in right. I've been on the news like every week. So I mean, like you know, what I'm saying I've been on there a different interview like every other day. People get tired of seeing my face, but <laughs> you know they gonna still see me, so they know what I look like. Right. Right. All right, so Vaughn, my last question for you today is what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with today as a life jewel, a piece of advice, or just something very important that you would like to express to them before we wrap up our interview today? One that I would tell them is is keep fighting for what you believe in. If if anything that I say here today doesn't stick with anything that comes out of the interview with anybody keep fighting for what you believe in. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a dentist, you want to be a veterinarian, you want to be a music artist or a singer or a dancer, you know, don't let nobody tell you that you're either too old or you can't do it or, or that you don't have the skill or whatever, you know, as long as you are putting in that work and you are following your steps that you have laid out for yourself to make it, don't get overwhelmed with the bigger picture. Take it step by step. And I guarantee you, once you start seeing those results, it's like working out. You're going to keep wanting to do it because you'll see those results and you're going to love it. As long as you got it broken down, think about it in steps. Don't think about it as the big picture. Knock down the steps first. If you know that being a doctor requires you to go on the Internet and do the research for it first before you even ask any questions, then do that. You know, if you know that you want to be a beat producer, but you don't know anything about beat producing then google it and youtube how to make a beat and just follow some of those follow some of those you know lives that some people have done that's out there like don't let nobody tell you you can't do it because if you got that drive and you want to do it we live in the age where you can figure it out that's my dream so hey bro i appreciate you man i appreciate you so much for coming on and giving out all this great info man all this wisdom all this knowledge i really hope that the audience gets something from it because i surely did I really appreciate you coming on, man, and giving out all this great stuff. And there's nothing left for me to do but to roll out the red carpet for you again. 
I would love for you to reiterate your name and all of the places that the people can find you. Straight up. Yeah, so y'all already know who I am. I'm Von T. That's TDO Von T, the hope, the hope of the streets. You know what I'm saying? Respectfully. Y'all can find me, man, on every platform. If anybody wants to follow me, you can go to my link tree on all of my social media platforms. You can find me there. If you want to sign the petition, I really highly recommend that you do. You know what I'm saying? Because it is for everybody. You can find that on USTourofDuty.org. Or you can go to my Linktree profile. It's the very first link that's wobbling right in front of your face on my Linktree. And you can sign a petition. You can get you, you can leave a comment, a statement. You can leave money to for, uh, towards the petition if you want to. It's not a requirement. It's a free sign up. It's just showing that you support the change. Um, my EPK is on my Linktree. It's on there as well. You can find all of my music and catalogs on there. On my YouTube channel, like I said, you can find me on YouTube. I'm a verified music artist on YouTube, verified music artist on Spotify. Just type in Von T, B-O-N dash T. On Instagram and Twitter, it's K-O-V-U-1278. Or you can, like I said, you can put in T-D-O space V and I'll pop up. You'll see T-D-O Von T in the caption that is there. And I'm on every streaming music platform that's out there. Anybody who asks me, how can I find your music? You find me the same way you find Chris Brown. All right. You find me the same way you find Drake. Go on your platform and you type in the name B-O-N-T on anything, anything, not just one thing, anything that's out there. And my music is going to pop up. It might even pop up right alongside your favorite artists. So because I'm out there and I'm working, we've already done the research and the work to make sure that all of my stuff is is set up easy for you to be able to find me if you really want to listen and love my music. That's right. That's right, Vaughn. I appreciate you again. I appreciate you so much for coming on and putting all the good words out here, man. I really do. It's really good to see and hear that you like persevering through it all because the, the shit that you didn't gone through, bro, a lot of people would have folded, bro. So I really, yeah. I really appreciate you, man, for coming on. And it is lastly, lastly, it is tradition here on the Bronx Buys podcast that we allow our guests to choose a song that we end our podcast with today. So, Vaughn, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? Well, the song that I'm going to play out there today is going to be called Take Me Away. It's my single that, you know, have the newest visual out there. The song is, a, is an inspirational song. It's a song that's about unity. It's a song about our people. Like I said, I don't call myself the hope for no reason, man. I'm trying to bring hope back to the people. So I hope that that song takes you away the same way that it took me away. Retiring mm. out of the military, as y'all see that, you know what I'm saying? Retired out. Just got my paperwork today. My single is Take Me Away, man. And I hope they love it. That's right. I know they will, man, because you're putting all the work in. You're doing it the right way and you're standing up for what you believe in. Vaughn, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk. I really appreciate it. Much love and many success to you in the future. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Round of applause for my guest, T.D.O. Von T. Round of applause. Before we get into our NFL predictions for the day and close out the show, I do want to talk about another instance in discrimination and racism um, just like similar what we talked about earlier with Von T and his experience with the U.S. Army. I want to talk about Brian Flores, if I can briefly, and what he 
has done uh, as a response to alleged racism in the NFL's hiring practices. I want to read you an article from ESPN um, detailing why Brian Flores decided to take this action that he took. Flores sues the NFL, teams, and alleges racism in hiring. Brian Flores has sued the NFL and three teams, the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, and the New York Giants, alleging discrimination regarding his interview processes with Denver and New York and his firing last month by Miami. The 58-page lawsuit was filed in a Manhattan federal court Tuesday and seeks class action status. Flores alleges that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross attempted to incentivize him to tank or purposely lose games shortly after he was hired in 2019, with Ross allegedly offering Flores $100,000 for every loss that season. Flores says that as the team won games late in the season, Dolphins general manager Chris Greer told him that Ross was, quote, mad at the team's on-field success and that he was compromising the team's draft position. Additionally, Flores alleges that Ross pressured him into recruiting a, quote, prominent quarterback at the end of the 2019 season, which the coach refused as to not violate the NFL's tampering rules. Ross then allegedly invited Flores onto a yacht for lunch in the winter of 2020, where he informed him that the quarterback was, quote, conveniently arriving at the marina for an impromptu meeting. Flores refused the meeting and left the yacht. Afterwards, Flores alleges that he was treated with disdain and held as someone who was non-compliant and difficult to work with. He was fired from the Miami Dolphins on January the 10th, despite recording the Dolphins' first back-to-back winning seasons since 2003. Flores also alleged that the Giants interviewed him last month for their head coach in vacancy for no other reason than compliance with the NFL's Rooney Rule, which requires teams to interview minority candidates for their open positions. The league has amended that rule in recent years and now says that teams must hold an in-person interview with at least one external minority candidate for any general manager or any head coach opening. Flores alleged that he spoke with the Giants via Zoom on January the 18th prior to the team's hiring of former Buffalo Bills assistant general manager Joe Schoen as his GM on January the 23rd. He said the next day Schoen finalized his interview for the date of January the 22nd. However, Hours later, Flores' lawsuit alleges that he received a series of text messages from Patriots coach Bill Belichick, under whom Flores worked for 10 years in New England. In those texts, Belichick told Flores that he heard from, quote, Buffalo and NYG, which means New York Giants, that you are their guy, end quote. Flores asked Belichick to clarify whether he was meaning to talk to him or Brian Dayball who was also in the running for the New York Giants job. Belichick acknowledged his error and informed him that the Giants wanted Dayball. He said, quote, sorry, I effed this up. I double checked and misread the text. I think that they are naming Brian Dayball. I'm sorry about that. Belichick allegedly texted. 
Flores alleges that his January 27th interview with the Giants, which satisfied the Rooney rule because he was the first minority candidate to interview in person, was a sham. New York hired Dayball, the former Bills offensive coordinator, one day later. Flores alleges that a similar scenario occurred when he interviewed with the Denver Broncos for their head coaching job in 2019. Flores says that then Denver general manager John Elway, among others, arrived to the interview an hour late and hung over, alleging that they had been drinking heavily the night before. Flores says in a statement that he hopes that others will join his lawsuit to share stories of, quote, systemic racism in the NFL. In its own statement, the league said diversity is the core to everything that we do and added that Flores's claims are, quote, without merit. At the time the lawsuit was filed, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the only team that employed a black head coach, Mike Tomlin with five spots still vacant in this hiring cycle after four openings were filled by white men. When you read things like this, it's even sort of hard to believe, you know? Like, how does this happen? How does how do black people, no matter what profession they try and enter, no matter what genre and business that they try to get into, that they face these unjust hiring practices or they face this type of discrimination? Brian Flores is not somebody who's incompetent. Brian Flores is not someone who is a fool. Brian Flores is not someone who's bad at his job. Yet and still, this is the type of treatment that he receives. As the article stated, the owner of the team is trying to incentivize him to lose games. He, being smart, refuses to do that because he understands what that means. He understands the implications of that. He also understands that you cannot tamper with quote with uh, prospective NFL players. He does everything right, but he's labeled difficult. You see, these are the words that they attach to you to try and blackball you and try to keep you from having success because you don't want to play the game that they want to play. When you go show up for an interview, you would expect for the interviewers to be professional, to be on time, and to be respectful. Why would he allege that you guys are coming in to interview him and you guys are hung over? Is that professional? Could he show up for his interview being hung over and be accepted to, for, for a job? Why is that OK? Why have we seen black coaches routinely passed up, passed over or given jobs where they are certain to fail so that they can be fired and never hired again over and over and over again? Eric Bieniemy. The offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs has been trying to get an NFL head coaching job for the last seven years, has not been able to get one. Although Matt Nagy, right, uh, Sean McDermott, former Andy Reid coaches under him in Kansas City were given head coaching jobs. Why is it that a coach like Jim Caldwell who, of the Detroit Lions, who posted two winning seasons for the Detroit Lions, and if anybody is aware about NFL football, we know that the Detroit Lions are one of the worst franchises record-wise in recent memory. A coach that comes in and posts two seasons of winning football gets fired for a white man named Matt Patricia who was absolutely terrible at that job and was fired as well. 
Why is it that Mike Tomlin is the only black head coach in the NFL? Why is it that David Culley, the coach of the Houston Texans, was given a roster guaranteed not to win games, ultimately did not win games, won four games and lost 12, and was fired after one season? Why is it that in Arizona, a coach by the name of Steve Wilkes was only given one season to coach the team and was ultimately fired for an unproven college coach named Cliff Kingsbury, who didn't even win successfully in college. Why do these things continue to happen? Why are these labels put on coaches like Brian Flores for doing his job? Why is he then called difficult? Racism is prevalent in every industry in the world, in an, or in America at least. I can't speak on the world. I don't live everywhere in the world. Why is racism so prevalent in every industry in America. Racism is as American as apple pie. That's a fact. That's not me making shit up. That's not conjecture. That's not hyperbole. And for this man who is proven to be very competent at his job, to be fired and treated this way in these hiring processes, I'm so happy that he took action in this way. I'm so proud of this man for doing that and standing up for what he believed in. And the NFL probably will blackball him. They probably will give him the Colin Kaepernick treatment. But regardless, he put this shit out there because people need to know these things. People need to be aware that your favorite teams are racist at the top. People need to be aware that NFL owners do not want black people in positions of power and that they only view players as labor, never in executive positions. So I want to say salute and big love and much respect to Brian Flores for bringing this to light. And I hope that he wins this case. I know that he will never be allowed to coach again in the NFL. Or if he is, I will be very surprised to see it. But regardless, whether he is allowed back into the NFL or not, make these motherfuckers pay up for what they do. Make them pay up. And also, Stephen Ross, if this is true, that he did offer $100,000 to Brian Flores for each loss, incentivizing losing, he should get this team taken away from him. Facts. This team should be taken away from Stephen Ross because if you guys aren't aware, betting in sports is one of the biggest businesses in the world. Sports betting now that is legalized in all states is one of the biggest businesses. And if you have people spending their money in good faith betting on NFL football games, and you have people out here trying to incentivize losing games on purpose, that that owner is, should be no longer fit to own a team. They shouldn't be no longer fit to own any team in any professional sport. They need to do to Stephen Ross what they did to Donald Sterling. Strip him immediately. And I really believe that. So I really hope, I'm really rooting for my guy, Brian Flores. I'm so happy and proud that he was strong enough, had enough courage to, to potentially jeopardize his future career, to bring attention to this issue. And I hope he makes these motherfuckers pay up so much for what they have done to him, undeservedly, and so much for what they have done to other black people in his position. And that's all I really got to say on it. It's really disgusting to keep seeing things like this. We keep thinking that we're in this quote-unquote post-racial world, but that is not true. 
we think that black people get the same rights that white people do. That is not true. And we see it in almost every industry in the world. We see it in sports. We see it in entertainment. We see it in politics. We see it in uh, the way that black people are policed. We see it in uh, disparate numbers in, in incarceration. We see it in almost every sector in American society. So I just want to say again, salute and big love to Brian Flores for bringing this issue out. And I hope that he wins this case. And that's all I really got on it. Next, let's do our NFL predictions, which is hilarious to do right after, right? We're still going to talk about the NFL after all this bullshit that has happened with the NFL. But it is something that I do do on my show. And there's only one more game left, the Super Bowl. I want to say congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams for making it to Super Bowl 56. Um, I did not believe that Cincinnati would beat Kansas City at Kansas City. And they went up in there and let them know what time it is. Shout out to Joe Burrow for, for doing the damn thing. There's nobody to blame. Just like when I when Aaron Rodgers and them lost to the San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs got nobody to blame but Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, you know I love you. You know you the man, but you really played like shit in the second half of that game. And yeah, I was up 21 to 3. There's no reason that y'all should lose that game. But it is what it is, and Cincinnati did win. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for defeating the San Francisco 49ers and punching their ticket to a home Super Bowl, which is pretty awesome. They're playing Super Bowl 56 in their home stadium, which is a crazy home field advantage. Shout out to them. Shout out to Matthew Stafford. This is exactly what Matthew Stafford wanted when he left the Detroit Lions. I just want an opportunity to play in big games with the ball in my hands, and that's what he got with the L.A. Rams. My prediction for the Super Bowl is the Los Angeles Rams over the Cincinnati Bengals, and I will give a score. I believe that the Los Angeles Rams will win this game 26-20, to 20, and uh, it will be Matthew Stafford's first pro championship, and I think it will be well-deserved. The Rams really push their chips to the middle of the freaking table. Trading for Matthew Stafford, um, getting Odell Beckham Jr., trading for Jalen Ramsey, trading for Von Miller. They really showed that they want to win and win now. And I think all of their moves are going to pay off when they win the Super Bowl. That is my prediction for Super Bowl 56. I believe that the LA Rams will defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in that game. Great NFL season, regardless of all the bullshit that has happened recently, but it was a great NFL season. And those are my final NFL predictions for the 2021-2022 NFL season. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 89 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say special, special thank you to my guest for today, Von T. Really appreciate you coming on and chopping it up, giving us all your great stories and your experiences. And I'm with you 100% in all the things that you're trying to do out here. I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who's active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. Please do not forget, your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Uh, I'm an independent potter from the BXNY. 
and supporting the merchandise is just one of the best ways to help keeping the show going the way that it does. Um, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on and tried to hook themselves up with some merchandise from me. And if you're a fan of the show and you like listening, go hook yourself up, man. It couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt you and it can't hurt me. Let's work together. And with all of that being said, I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song today. And it is called Take Me Away by Von T. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 89. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. Thousands of fans of Grammy-nominated rapper and community activist Nipsey Hussle are in a state of shock today. They are mourning the hip-hop star's ultimately and violent death. Uh, Nipsey Hussle was murdered in broad daylight outside a clothing store that he owned in South Los Angeles. And he was killed just before he was about to meet with city leaders and the LAPD about reducing gang violence. Everybody, Terry Hart is here with the latest billionaire. B billionaire. So we can make this a really short story or a much longer story. What would you prefer? Okay, well, Jay-Z, hip-hop's first official billionaire. Nowadays I'm living in my head I'm thinking about some of the things that I always said And how most of my friendships they all dead And how the smell of success can make a nigga scared Yeah, they hate on you when they see you coming up But sink condolences to you when you be down on your luck They talking shit behind your back They hoping that you can stop So they can go and say that you was only a runner-up And you see, why can't you just be my brother And we just love another Why do we fight still and gotta try to kill each other We could accomplish so much if we had some unity The leader eulogy I hope I get the opportunity Active immunity Working in the community To make a precious pay for their discretions and impurity Bigger than you and me If only we could stop the beat To see that we are crucially, brutally, and so foolishly Denied a sign of something given to us beautifully We kings and queens but now we acting like we royalty We get up on the track and talk about our jewelry And usually we use our riches and it's so unsuitably Uselessly, ruthlessly, most of us use it stupidly And operate the going shit and they can do to me a product of the system, yeah, that's what we say Even I've been led astray To the beat, come and take me away Baby, yeah, yeah, baby Let the beat come and take me away Shouldn't have had to. I mean, we're gonna break it down. But on the flip side, it's hip hop. Phenomenal. So we 
Gave us our first black billionaire Some brothers giving their heart, most niggas give their mind Half of the time, most of us just out here trying to shine The other half is out here and we stay up on the grind Out with the Draco, committing crime, dodging one time They waiting for the cook, ain't even know they hit the line You do some good, niggas kill you, hit you with the slime But you can't kill an icon, even in the face of evil That's why my nigga Nipsey, he an icon for the people If you just sit down, shut the fuck up, then we'll try to teach you Them words be lethal when your lyrics out here spitting diesel You stay talking about all that red or rapping the blue But it's the white that's in the middle that control the youth They hate on you when you aware and you spread the truth There's no coincidence to fade red, white, and blue And even if they coming for me, I was never here to stay I'll just sit and pray, let the beat come and take me away hey.